Good afternoon, everyone. I've been on the career dance floor for 30 years, as was pointed out, and witnessed three generations of technology change. When I started out, it was the age of enterprise computing with big mainframes. The 90s saw the rise of personal computing. And since the start of the 21st century, we've been in the pervasive digital revolution powered by cloud computing that enables social, mobile, analytics, and even artificial intelligence. It's now 2018, and you would think with so much having gone on, that we just about completed this digital transformation. But it's barely begun. The revolution will unfold for many decades, profoundly affecting the jobs we do, the way we live, how we compete, and whether we succeed as individuals and as a nation. I'll be retiring soon from Westpac and corporate life, and to be honest, even though I'm an eternal optimist, I still worry about how Australia will fare in this new tech-driven world. I'm known for arguing for a sustained focus on education and training in STEM subjects, particularly for girls. Last time I spoke here, I used the story of the boiling frog to argue that business needs new approaches and processes to meet the needs of a changing world and workforce. Australia's economic prosperity is critically dependent on having a world standard tech capability that informs everything we do, from mining to ag agriculture, retail to manufacturing, from finance to media, architecture to entertainment. Technology will need to be deeply integrated with people and processes. But we've fallen behind where we need to be as a nation. In the US, we've got Silicon Valley. We've got Silicon Alley. We've even now got Silicon Beach. The Silicon Roundabout in London. And in Israel, Silicon Wadi. But in Australia? Unless we take action, we're likely to fall even further behind. Banks are a good starting point for this discussion because they're some of Australia's biggest and most influential tech-enabled businesses. In my near five years at Westpac, we spent over $10 billion on technology. We're part of a large ecosystem consisting of many players, including policymakers, regulators, educators, big tech companies and startups. And that's before we even talk about our staff and our customers. The problem I see is that the players in this ecosystem are often out of step with each other. We're like a bunch of diverse people at a dance, but each dancer has a different tune in their head and moves to their own rhythm. We spend a lot of time looking at our feet, rather than the dynamics of the dance floor. As a result, heads bump, toes get stepped on. We lack situational awareness. It's not complete chaos, but it isn't choreography either. It's not enough for everyone to do their own dance well. Each participant must contribute to the effectiveness of the overall system. That's how we can create thriving workplaces and great companies that work for the customers and for Australia. Everyone needs to dance to the same national tune if we're to succeed in an Australia totally transformed by technology. I want to illustrate this argument not just with frogs, as I did last time, but this time with the entire menagerie in our banking ecosystem. So let's start with the biggest animal at the dance. Meet the big banks. We're the elephants in terms of our size and our weight. When you think of elephants, you might see us as very big, largely benign, but kind of slow and lumbering. When you get to know us better, you may be surprised to discover that banks, like elephants, are actually really smart, dependable, agile and creative when we need to be, even sociable when we focus on teamwork. Elephants are what's known as a keystone species because when they flourish, an entire ecosystem does well. We know how much banks matter to Australia, 
As a net importer of capital, Australia needs strong, stable banks to attract investment for growth. Australia's banks are collectively responsible for bringing over $500 billion of capital into our economy, helping businesses and individuals with the credit they seek to support their growth and prosperity. And with this comes a big responsibility. Westpac has been doing the hard thinking about this. We know we have made mistakes in the past and we're working hard not just to put things right, but to help shape a vibrant, successful, fully tech-enabled Australia. Right now, all banks are finding it a challenge to adapt to the needs of the current and future world. Sometimes I think of the elephants as still doing a bit of an old-fashioned barn dance. It's very methodical, familiar, stable, highly structured, and it has someone to call the tune. Find your partner, go find your home, visit the banks and ask for a loan, give them your name, Sally and Paul, get 40 pages, you've got to read them all. At Westpac, we've chosen to change the tune. We call it the service revolution. This sums up our goal to move away from a product-centric organisation to one which is truly focused on our services and our customers, helping them and therefore Australia to prosper and grow. Being customer-led and service-oriented not only inspires me as an employee, but as a CIO, I'm excited by the potential this can unlock with new digital capabilities. It works best when it's underpinned by excellence in technology. That's why we've been heavily focused on our five key platforms. First is our customer platform, our customer service hub. I'm doing another one. Second is our payments platform. Our third platform supports data, which is and will be a huge need for our customers in the future. Our fourth platform is around our people and their needs in a modern workplace. And finally, we have our infrastructure platform, which will transform how we deliver all the others. It will allow us to use API, to allow us to API enable all our platforms. For the non-tech people in the room, that's so things can talk to each other. So we'll be able to serve our customers in a far more sophisticated way and thereby deliver on the promise of our service revolution. As a 200-year-old business grappling with legacy systems, it's undoubtedly a major task to shift from being a product provider to a seamless business. And we can't do it alone. We need to work with other players, those who are ready to dance with the elephants. Take big tech. I think of big tech as the hippos at the dance. Westpac needs big tech. In fact, last year we spent over a billion dollars with them. Overall, the relationship works pretty well. But the problem is we're never quite to step in step with each other. Sometimes global tech companies don't give Australia the focus we need or deserve. I can turn up after a weekend and discover that 30 staff who were working with my team on Friday aren't there on Monday because of a decision we didn't know about made in some offshore intergalactic headquarters. Or one of our big tech providers will sell different kit into the business that isn't compatible with Westpac's overall strategy or systems. Hippos can take a pretty big bite. Their salespeople are great at sales but that's all they focus on. Big tech companies sometimes complain to me that we call them suppliers rather than partners, but we do this because it's true. We are treated as customers, not true partners and long-time collaborators. Big tech, in my mind, are the slam dancers at the, at the dance, showy and consequential. I'd like to see big tech genuinely transform and become less of a performer and more of a partner they claim they want to be responding to our aspirations, becoming more flexible and aligning more closely to our strategic goals.
Then there are the regulators and policymakers. Australia is known worldwide for its capable and respected regulatory bodies. Over the long term, these are great national assets. They protect consumers and underpin the stability of the banking system and the broader economy, particularly in times of crisis such as the GFC. I think of the regulators a bit like giraffes, with their elevated perspectives and important oversight over the entire system and all of our dancers. Together they must perform a complex balancing act. Each one has its own specific task, but there are many areas of overlap and re matters requiring careful judgment. It can be hard to draw a line between enforcing compliance to protect customers and encouraging innovation to build a more competitive and efficient system. Take open data as an example, which of course starts with open banking here in Australia. Open banking will be good for Australia because it will provide greater visibility for bank customers, empowering them with knowledge and will be the first step in a process to create greater op openness across many industries such as utilities and telecommunications. At the same time, it's a mighty and complex undertaking, resource intensive and not without risk. The privacy and cyber considerations alone are significant and hard to repair if broken. By 1 July next year, all four major banks will be required to make data available to all credit and debit cards, deposit and transaction accounts. That's not far away. And meanwhile, it involves opening up real base level technology, the things that sit deep in our organisations. In my mind, there is still much more work to do on the solution we're building towards. The technical, regulatory and service standards need to be clear and balanced. Westpac is absolutely supportive of open banking and we want to make it work. It's a natural complement to our service revolution. We believe that open data combined with great digital experiences plus quality bankers will help us to empower customers to shape their better financial futures for themselves and their families. Here are our regulators, the giraffes, doing the tango, that complex and clever dance. The challenge is for regulators not to get tangled up as they do their difficult moves. When they fail to coordinate fully with each other or to consult with the parties who will be most affected by the decisions, this can result in significant duplication, poor integration, and the result is actually even greater complexity. Toes can get stepped on, and despite everybody's best intention, progress can be inadvertently hampered. Our next set of dancers are our educators. These are the wise owls whose curriculums, whether it's school or university, prepare young people for the future and give our economy a capable workforce. This should be a good news story for Australia. The latest Deloitte report states that demand for tech workers is set to grow by almost 100,000 by 2023, by which time almost 3 million Australian workers will be employed in occupations that use tech regularly as part of their jobs. And yet that report also explains there are fewer than 5,000 domestic graduates from tech degrees each year. So the only way we'll reach workforce targets is by either importing labour or sending work offshore, much as we've done for the past five years. We now have a broken supply and demand equation. Our best and brightest kids are still signing up to become doctors and accountants and lawyers when we know that there will be decreasing need for all these professions because of the digital revolution. We have to help our educators to encourage students to explore a future connected with technology instead of just thinking about careers and roles that may not even exist in the future. Take my 17-year-old daughter as an example. She's often told me she has no interest in a career in technology. 
But when I explained to her how all the apps on her cherished iPhone are designed around her experience as a user, something called UX, she reckons she could definitely get into that. Isabel now is planning to study a Bachelor of Design with a major in digital technologies. Happy dad. <laughs> we need more of our young people, and especially young women, coming into the workforce with skills in artificial intelligence, data science, cyber, and even blockchain. In cyber alone, Australian has 11,000 people short of the skills required. 11,000. And that's for just the next decade. And this is an area that is clearly of national importance. As Deloitte states, filling these types of positions from overseas suggests a missed opportunity to provide rewarding employment for the next generation of Australian workers. And we need to start before university. Changing perceptions and busting stereotypes for school-age students is where the most focus should be applied. And industry needs to help STEM teachers inside and outside the classroom. At Westpac, we recently started our STEM Girls Work Experience Program, well done Anna, which will see us inspire over 100 girls about a career in tech in the next 12 months. And of course, we hope many more to come. I think of these education hours as flossing, just like they do in Fortnite, that highly addictive video game, you know the one, kind of. <laughs> I think we'll move on. <laughs> Flossing is a fun dance, but education must be a lot more than fun and relatable. It should be clearly linked to the national agenda, otherwise we're failing the next generation and failing our national potential. Australia has built an amazing tradition and innovation driven by organisations such as the CSIRO. Breaking down myths around STEM will help Australia deliver on a shortage of skilled Australians and set us up for the next hundred years of science and tech achievement. Speaking of a clever Australian, Australia, now we come to the tech startups. Who better to nibble at the banks than those fast-moving mice doing the jitterbug? There's been a lot of hype about startups in Australia. Here's what I've seen. Startups initially aspired to replace the big old lumbering banks. They discovered it's harder than it looks. In fact, it's really hard. Because of the large capital requirements, compliance obligations, and massive business logic in our systems. So then they decided to work with the banks and take a few nibbles here and there instead. And as such, natural frenemy relationships are developing. Westpac's reinventure initiatives are an example. For me, startups need to take a greater responsibility. It frustrates me when an entrepreneur is more interested in telling me their exit strategy than their vision for a better Australia. We need more skin in the game and a longer term focus. The Atlassian founders are an obvious, obvious positive example. So having talked about the major dancers in the ecosystem, where does this leave the workforce? The bank employees. You remember them? The frogs. The banking workforce, which is, changed, which is charged with the heroic task of implementing 21st century banking technology in an environment of 20th century business process. Lucky for us, Westpac Group employees are amazing. It's really hard and important work they do in a complicated environment. I'm proud of what we've done together as a team but I'm very conscious that things are much harder for our people than they need to be or should be. The employee dance is the conga line. Yes, it's dynamic. Yes, there's a lot of forward momentum, but the workforce is overly constrained and can't step out of line. On the one hand, they're asked to innovate and change to be more dynamic and to meet the needs of the tech-enabled world. While on the other hand, we operate in a more complex regulatory and compliance environment which encourages conservatism and status quo. So here's the picture in my head. 
It's a dance. We're all on the dance floor, but we're all a little bit out of step with each other. But Dave, so what? What's the problem? For me, it's about our customers. Where does this leave our customers? With so many dances going on around them, it seems they're stuck with little choice but due to the Australian two-step, the kind of daggy dad dance, you know the one. It's not bad, but it could be so much better. And we need to do better. And let's be clear, everyone has a role to play. There's always a job for government to set the national course, to direct the national conversation and to highlight the national aspiration. But this challenge is most certainly not a matter for government alone. All of us must play our role. We need schools and universities to equip young Australians with the skills that will be required for the very different future that is on its way. We need regulators to be consistent, coordinated and consultative. We need the tech companies to show ambition and lead through their endeavours and be prepared to work for the overall good of the system. We need to provide our workforce with clarity and consistency and ensure they have the right skills and resources to do the best job for the customers and our communities. Yes, the banks may be big elephants, but when the banks are successful, we underpin a forward-looking business culture where people are prepared to have a go, innovate and invest to ensure economic progress and social progress too. Additionally, banks are only successful when the economy is successful. It's a virtuous cycle, a cycle increasingly underpinned by technology. As a nation, we need to make, face the music and dance, lightly, in tune, in time and to the same rhythm. Achieving success in the world of a digital revolution will take committed efforts of many individuals and many organisations. In short, we need to lift our game. Our customers, the community and the nation require more. It also begs the question, do we need a more formalised choreographer? A body or function focused on techno technological progress that help keeps the dancers in step, always encouraging each dancer to keep their head up and be aware of the dynamics in the entire dance floor. I have enormous confidence in the leadership team at Westpac and the people of Westpac to continue to play a leading role in building a better future. As Australia's oldest company, Westpac represents the very best of Australian business continuity and adaptability. Adaptability. You know what I mean. <laughs> adaptability, there you go. And though I'm retiring for the company, I feel a deep responsibility to Australia's tech future and look forward to making a continuing contribution. So I will not be retreating from the dance floor, as I hope neither with you, and I look forward to see you continuing that role. Thanks very much.